Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hearing Media Podcast. I am Leon, your always online social scientist, and I'm joined as always by my good friend and amazing historian, Frank. Hello, Frank. Hello, Leon. <laughs> Did a, an intro reversal there. Yeah, I thought, you know, <laughs> uh, the, for the new year, we could just, you know, swap it, swap, it, swap it back and forth a little bit. Oh, yeah. New year, new intro, lots of new stuff. I've been wanting to do that for the longest time. <laughs> so <laughs> you picked a good moment for it. I was like, maybe I will ever talk about a horror book that's too scary for Frank and I will just be with somebody else and just do a Frank intro. <laughs> and I was like, well, that will probably never happen because Frank can read quite horrifying stuff. Or at least yeah. uh, in comparison to other stuff. So I was like, ah, the one kind of want to do it. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. And it's like, this this is my chance. So this is the only uh, non-serious episode that like I can't make an obscure reference or a direct reference to from a line that I really like or something, <laughs> uh, which is what I usually do for hippie media. So I thought, right. yeah, let's let's do this. Let's because uh, we're talking about the upcoming year of 2024. All right. No, the current year of oh of yes, quite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's already January. <laughs> Christ. Um, you had one job, Frank. No, damn. Um, uh, <laughs> fucked it up again. Damn it. Um, <laughs> but uh, our plans, our expectations, the things we're excited and concerned about that are coming. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, this is going to be a ba- a little bit. Um, how to say this? Yeah, you can just you can just wholeheartedly excuse me of uh, being mean spirited. But at the same time, am I or am I just right? And I was right about a couple of things. <laughs> so maybe maybe we're going to talk about 2023 a little bit, but I promise it will be, the main focus will be 2024. Yeah. And, uh, but first, before I uh, very illustriously uh, pat myself on the head or back or what have you, uh, I thought we could uh, lift the curtain a little bit about what we're going to do this year for our dear listeners. Yes. We, I mean, uh, to to start off in like a, uh, shall we say, broad sense, we we want to carry on with, you know, the the conceptual episodes. We're going to do some interesting stuff about adaptation. One of them, which has become relevant again, I'll let Leon intro you on that in a bit. Um, <laughs> but we're trying, and uh, that's uh, there's another thing that Leon suggested is like a sort of thematic uh, monthly. Th- system so you know having the the things we're talking about coalesce in a form or another uh which you know might help with consistency overall or just in general uh at least in a broad way so we we have some interesting plans we're going to talk about ooh, how how much do i reveal uh we're going to talk about stuff that's really good like some of the best video games uh, or at least one of the best video games we've played in several years. I think one of our top favorites. That's coming very With one of soon. the best guests we have ever had. It... Hopefully. <laughs> oh, he he he's the best. Um, though though we can say that about most of our guests. Um, that's that's the joke. That's, that's the kind of the joke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't narrow it down because we only had amazing people on here so far. So you know. That's true. Um. This year, we're, we're also going to talk... Uh, we're going to talk about cyberpunk um, in general and yeah. in specific. And uh, I'm going to get the opportunity to finally read... Well, I've read quite a bit of it, but not the proper book, in, all in one go. So I'm going to talk about the Utopia, the original one, the 
over 500 years old book, uh, which is exciting. Um, that's that's kind of Thomas More, right? Depending, well, depending on the translation, yes, because uh, uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Christ, his last name gets all sorts of weird. You get Moras, you get More, you get Mori. Um, I had uh, they said More in my school. Uh, I haven't touched that since high school philosophy so it's gonna be a trip <laughs> it's gonna be fun and even then we sorry go on no no go on <laughs> and even then we focused way more on uh, russo and like kant and like you know more was mentioned yeah and then we very quickly went into bentham and Stuart mill oh so because dutch liberals remember <laughs> we like them apparently we like panopticons anyway uh if you <laughs> If you know, you know. Anyway, so, um, so that's like anyone who took a philosophy course will will get that. And don't worry, it's not a good of a joke. So uh, don't worry about it. Anyway, I you. sorry, please, Frank, continue. <laughs> we we also have um, for for this January fairly soon. Um, definitely by the time this goes up, maybe not recorded yet, but the, by the time that the other episode is released, we're going to do like a first for the left page which is something I, I don't want to say anything about, uh, but it's just a very cool thingy, um, which we're doing, and on a very good book. So, yeah, keep an eye out for this month's left page. It's uh, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be good. Um, but overall, I think the, the promises this year are handling adaptation some more. Um, we're going to talk about gaming in a specific way if one of our planned episodes go through. Because uh, uh, finally this year, I think we're going to talk about some modding um, in some capacities. So that's going to be cool. And uh, yeah, like there's there's going to be a sequel coming up uh, of a thing I've done a couple of years ago. Uh, so that's exciting and extremely fucking vague. Uh, but it's it's for October, so there, there there's some clues there. But yeah, it's it, it's good to have plans for October. Uh, while having gaps in between and having a lot of good ideas for the things we're going to do. And uh, probably they're not all going to fit, but um, we have interesting ideas to come this year. Like I said, I uh, I just want to reinforce the bit where uh, if it doesn't work, I just want to say to everybody, it's my idea. So if you don't like it, I'm sorry. Uh, you can Don't blame Frank. But yeah, I, I was thinking to maybe make the um, the episodes per month a more... Well, you won't necessarily know a direct difference in the sense that we're still just going to pick whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. But we're going to be a bit more careful, a bit more selective with our picking per month. So <laughs> if you don't like what we're talking about metacontextually per month, you could, you could just get that month. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but also if you yeah, really like a... it, then you're going to get a more consistent approach yeah. to it. Yeah, I wanted to do this because A, I like that. I like, well, <laughs> I like the abstract. I like the vague. That's my favorite <laughs> playground. I, it's everybody that's kind of like, you know, uh, our lovely little corner between, I would say, Horror Vanguard, us, uh, arguably also a tender subject, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we love that. We love the vague abstract playground because that's where you can do a lot of fun stuff. Um, and also... I wanted people to get more out of the episode and also for us to motivate people to listen to all the episodes. Yeah, of course, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and 
to give a more thorough medical textual uh, through line, so to speak, we hope to achieve that you might want to check out, if you're just here for literature, for example, you might want to check out the uh, more media stuff. If you're just here for the video games, you want to match, you might want to check out the literary stuff and so forth and so on. Uh, to create some more synergy between subjects and so forth and so on. I'm, I'm sure you get it, dear listener. You're smart. I believe in you. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that, that was my idea. And I am excited to give it a good old college try. No promises. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, as Frank also was saying, yeah, uh, the big one is probably going to be Cyberpunk. Yeah. I... We have a lot to say about that. <laughs> oh, um, it's difficult. I knew I wanted to do a cyberpunk episode after I listened to the ACAB episode on it. Yeah, it was uh, of our, our lovely friend Kyle and the amazing K with with the very intellectually verbose uh, Adam from Asset Horizon. I, uh, I I found their conversation to be very interesting and uh, set off a lot bunch of you know thought patterns about media and how how to do certain things and definitely how not to do certain things oh yeah <laughs> um we wanna take a very big step with a podcast in general towards exploring certain things that might be uh that might be one leg inside our wheelhouse and also one leg outside our wheelhouse yeah. and since we talked about doing uh cyberpunk in february um, at least we're aiming for a berry. <laughs> let's, let's just say that. We wanted to talk a bit about how what works for media for us and how and why that works for us. Yeah. Which is, of course, once again, very abstract, very subject, subjective, up to a point. And <laughs> we are just going to count on our dear listeners knowing us a little bit better by now. And trusting us uh, trusting them us trusting them that they know that we are not trying to create some kind of hierarchy and i don't know like this very boring formalization of writing and fiction and media that a lot of youtubers for example are doing there mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not going to name any names but uh um, right now yeah, but I, I, I did check out a couple of famous writers, for instance, about how to build worlds, for instance. Mm-hmm. And this gets a lot of traction because everybody's like, ooh, world building, ooh, world building. Um, because it's a very broad uh, thing yeah, to learn about. Because people want to... Well, well, Frank, copy to <laughs> cut to the chase there a little bit. <laughs> um I do find it interesting, like, oh, I built my world this way because of this, this, and that. That's cool. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it can tell me a lot about you and can maybe uh, enhance my enjoyment or decrease my enjoyment of mm-hmm. your work, uh, depending on what you're saying, I suppose. But um, I don't have anything against that. But then there are people at podcasts that I've seen floating by, once again, YouTube videos that I've seen, uh, trying to approach this as a kind of... How do we say this? Well, like I said, a formalization of how to do world building. Yeah. And, you know, the good ones at least are like, well, this is a path. That's a path. That's a path. I'm like, I still feel uncomfortable with this. And we're, well, <laughs> let me, let me cut myself off here a little bit. And that this comfort and discomfort is what we, I want to explore a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want to give a disclaimer then that once again, I, we are going to interact with something that we, from different perspectives already 
don't really gel well with. Yeah. But at the same time, it can be an interesting exploration of that and how do we navigate that and so forth and so on. It's something that this podcast is all about. I just wanted to stop that off with um, we also, besides the more conceptual stuff, want to zoom in on certain processes that are going on mainly within video games. Yeah. Or at least I do. So that's going to be uh, another thing. We want to mainly do this, or at least uh, feel free to fill this in for yourself, Frank, and let me not speak for you. <laughs> but I I want to mainly do this because, I, once again, I want to focus on giving everybody at least something to enjoy in the episodes. Yeah. And by doing that, you might not like video games, but you might find it interesting how this industry is functioning. And what I find, <laughs> I already know how this industry is functioning because, you know, <laughs> we we subscribe to the ideology that we subscribe to and that and besides that what i then do find very interesting is the reaction and articulation of certain well i can only describe them as feelings i guess or opinions let's say opinions mm-hmm. of of well of gamers, dare I say, uh, of people online, and like, what gets what gets traction? What gets what is the articulation of certain uh, of certain opinions, of certain feelings, of certain phenomenon within uh, the media landscape? But I I'm particularly interested in the gaming ones. So you don't have to know anything about games to enjoy these episodes. No, because, no. But it's the biggest form of media, so it is very interesting um there's a lot of money in this so that doesn't make it important necessarily but it does make what's going on very multifaceted and potentially very interesting yeah so uh i think yeah for me like the connection point other than you know i really like video games is especially from an academic point of view that like i won't talk about how they're building their stories how they're making these stories these narratives these ideas in their own ways, in like their own mechanics, in their own creations, in their uh, media-specific instruments, so to speak, but also in just like, okay, what what is this story doing? What is this story trying to do? Why is it working? Why am I hating this? Why do I think this is terrible? It should be destroyed, and so on. Um, hopefully, avoiding the latter <laughs> in, in most cases, but it it, it happens still. Um, just look at Call of Duty. Uh, anyway. The point is that there is, uh, other than the general culturally and political significance of video games, uh, I I approach it from understanding it in its own field, so to speak, and in its own, in in that, in the stories and narratives and those portrayals, how it handles these narrative fictional building elements um, and how they work or don't. And, you know, that that ends up uh, connecting or not to how we look at the world, our political approach, and, and so on. So I think that's one of the things that will... It has been showing up a lot, but is a point of connection between, okay, why are we talking about mechanics? Well, we're talking about mechanics because mechanics are story, and the story is the political view, and the political view is the game, and, and you know, this this vicious circle that just, this is what a, the game is or isn't. Or it's trying to be, etc. Um, we care about media. We care about how media works. And you know, when when we're talking about fiction and books, it's like, okay, this book is trying to do this. This book is making these characters terrible to show X or Y or showing Z and W. Uh, 
but it's to engage with form and content because those things aren't really separable. And if they are, oh boy. Uh, but anyway, that's, I think, the, the broad approach of how I feel about working with video games and why I think all those things are connected. Like, you can't just cut off the mechanics and have it be something else. Like, um, to, I, I mentioned the modding thing. Like, when when is a mod uh, daring enough to incorporate and handle these multiple elements of narrative or of mechanics? Or when do they don't and or become separate things or go far enough to the point where they end up becoming a secret third thing or, or rather a new game. Um, something we can talk Shout about. Shout out to Forgotten City. Ditto. Uh, something to, <laughs> to, to bring back when we talk about the modding primer episode. Uh, but yeah, it's um, a fantastic game, by the way. Very, very good. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's how I think about our general approach to video games so far and how that'll play out like these are these are our own machinations towards it this is uh yeah like to just be like a little bit uh, typical leon-ish fake about it i media and well literature as well for that matter are like endlessly protein because they are a reflection of human beings all art is for me and (laughs) quite you know to explain it a little bit where I'm coming from, I don't like this, or rather, don't know how to navigate, or rather, am deeply mistrustful of all these very fierce and elaborate attempts to infantilize literature and, and fiction, or just fiction in general, no matter its media or literature. Um, so I, you know, I'm never going to be a fan of like this 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 categorization attempt at like how to do once again how to do will building mm-hmm. or how to what's the right and non-offensive way to do this and this is going to be maybe a little bit contradictory because we do want to spend some time on how to be mindful about things yeah we want to spend some time on how to and how and how how to and how not to navigate these things but I feel, and I might be not, I might just be having shit luck and not checking out the right channels and the right whatever, the <laughs> podcast and so forth and so on. But it feels like they're always like telling you about it as if they are writing a book, as if they are going to sell you something. Like, okay, well, this is how you build a world. And the person I was following literally made a book on <laughs> on how to build a world. I was like, well, there you go, a lot. I'm not saying it's a bad book, but... um. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go, go down this road because that's too <laughs> in- identifiable. But um, so yeah, that that's that's something. Once again, uh, that's something I want to navigate because I feel a sense of discomfort towards that, and I think we can do better. I think we can. Um, we're gonna try and give our sincere and <laughs> honest effort to maybe navigate these things in a different way. Yeah. So that I will I'll just I'll, I can go on forever about this, and we will in different episodes. <laughs> so I'm just going to stop there because I, otherwise that will be the episode. So yeah, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, to complement that and and to let us move on, um, I think that's well. I'm I'm always mistrustful, or I have become mistrustful of books or things that tell you about how to write. Um, yes. In general, and like they can be well-meaning. But um, there'll be interesting gaps there. If you, if you look between the lines, sometimes you don't have to. But uh, if you do, 
you're gonna find um, some interesting stuff. Like, you I don't know, a book that tells you about writing fiction and, you know, just not talks about science fiction or fantasy or whatnot. So, you know, it's like, yeah, fuck you, buddy. Uh, book's great. Or but... only fantasy and fa- science fiction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other I... way around as well. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I'd be more... Um... How do I put it? I'd be more forgiving of a book that's like writing science fiction and talks about writing science fiction than a book called Writing Fiction that does not talk about some of the biggest, more interesting, more, I don't know, uh, book-filled genres that there are. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I'm going to be pissed if you don't talk about my the genre I study and work with. So, yeah, fuck you. Uh, book's great. The most fictitious fiction. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. I, I know I'm being I'm being a little extreme, playing it a bit, playing it up a bit, but it did piss me off on an overall very good resilient book. So yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's not about like outlining the perfect ways or the the right paths, but it's like outlining or opening possibilities, right? Like it's like showing some of these of the or the elements that may characterize these paths rather than outlining the paths themselves, right? It's like oh, it's not this particular road. But pay attention to how this road is formed, so to speak. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about it as well, I'm so sorry. You're fine. But I, to, to provide a counterexample of what we're trying not to be is that I do find that online spaces especially, that being, once again, social media or YouTube or podcasts or what have you, tend, especially social media, I would say, tend to be like, oh my God, I can't believe uh, Mr. Fantasy Writer did this and that trope and oh, so that's a great example uh the, the amount of vicious categorizations of quote-unquote tropes is, is atrocious um we're gonna have to talk about that at some point have people how, how how eager um people then are to formalize the rules around the utilization of tropes i think is deaf to any kind of I'm once again, you know, if if you know me by now, dear listener, you know I speak in hyperbole, so I will take it or leave it. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I was raised by Mediterranean people. Just just accept it. Um, if not, you're xenophobic. No, just kidding. But uh, it's just, I don't know. It's <laughs> this uh this <laughs> this frustrates me greatly, to because it stagnates so much otherwise worthwhile and interesting debates we could be having about how to depict stuff. And I'm always reminded of uh, Chiana Mieville, who said, like, yeah, we will always fill in fantasy and sci-fi and we will always be like, you know, uh, there's always a risk to be, uh, to do something that's that's uh, offensive or uh, we will always fill in creating, like, quote-unquote, this non-existent idea of pure fiction because everything's derivative, yeah. everything is some, from somewhere, right? We don't know how to do the 100% pure uh, otherness but we can feel better. And that's kind of the mentality I have going into this. Yeah. Uh, I might not navigate this perfectly. I never will. Nobody will ever do that <laughs> from a singular point. That's not how anything worthwhile is constructed. Uh, the, whole, <laughs> the whole point is exactly to draw with, with Frank and I, but also other people, to draw from multiple points of knowledge, quote unquote, and multiple points of data to construct something to have these points talking to each other and generate insight to uh, to like you know uh, elevate any kind of consciousness about this. I know that sounds pretentious, but I don't know how <laughs> else to say it. That's fair because I am taking this media literacy thing or media uh, anal- analyzing 
thing quite seriously. I'm always very serious about the traditions I'm trying to do my very, very small part in. So yeah, uh, so that's just, you know, that's something that frustrated me greatly. This, this, uh, oh my God, I can't believe Mr. Fantasy Writer did this. I'm like, okay, why? Why? <laughs> come on. Yes, and come on, give me something else. Because I don't know what that means. Are you mad? Because they put like... <laughs> I, okay, well, let me. I'm not going to go down. We'll, we'll put a pin on but, that. Um, we'll we'll get back yeah. to tropes. Uh, that's that's got to be something we talk about at some point. I wrote it down um, on our, our 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 planning board thingy. Uh, but yeah, no, I I um, I don't disagree. <laughs> I'll put it that I agree. Yeah, I don't get it. They spend so much time online and they still don't produce anything of use. Like, don't you want that for yourself? Like, I don't get it. Anyway, sorry. Moving on. <laughs> the, the next step, thinking about the pods for 2024. So the other thing is the media we're looking forward for to. Looking forward to. Right, English. Um, yeah. For in 2024. And I'm going to start off because I'm going to be quick. I, re I, I realized this when preparing for this episode. I don't quite know what's coming. Like, genuinely, like, I've, I'm, I'm aware of the current landscape. But the predictability is like, oh, these are the upcoming releases or whatnot. I've completely dropped off in that aspect. So I'm sorry, but I will say I am looking forward to whenever Hades 2 comes out, whenever Hollow Knight Silk Song fucking comes out, whenever uh, the, the Elden Ring Shadow of the Old Tree DLC comes out, and uh, probably a lot of indie releases that uh, I can say them that will mean nothing to anyone, but that I am always enthusiastic about. So yeah, that, that's what I'm looking forward to in 2024. The indie games and stuff that will be interesting, will be amusing, and that I'm going to have fun with and that I'm going to do episodes about. Copy-paste that for me. Um, <laughs> sadly, we're not going to be very positive here. I'm so sorry. I, I will just say I agree with what Frank said. I am also looking forward to the new twin motion game called Windblown. Uh, this was shown off during the, the Game Awards and it looks interesting. Mm -hmm. I believe... Twin Motion is as cool as a company can get with yeah. their whole worker-owned situ situations that they have. So that's cool. Uh, I believe they're French as well. Oh. Um, anyway, which is too bad, but I'll gift them for it. Um, <laughs> the only ones we will. Yeah, precisely. No, um, in all seriousness, I am curious. It won't release this year, I believe. Um, but also at the Game Awards, you had the announcement of Exodus, which is like this new... This is a video game produced by this new company made up of Bioware veterans. Oh, yeah. You mentioned uh, it. So, yeah, Matthew McConaughey is in it. <laughs> because, it, it, yeah, I, uh, I, well, since you mentioned Cyberpunk, I'm curious. I'll try and find something if anybody speculates on, uh, what's his name? How much Keanu Reeves and Idris Elba, like, actually help boost sales or, like, you know. Mm create some kind of recognizability. I wonder how much money they gave to that and if they maybe should have like tried to hire more people to make the game not shit when it was released. <laughs> Making um, a good video game, Leon, never. Uh, yeah, from AAA Studio, who, who, who would... It runs surprisingly well on current gen... Okay, anyway. That's <laughs> how many years has um, it been since release? 2020. Christ. I believe. It was released at the end of 2020. Okay. In December 2020. Fucking hell. I, I don't know if that's true, actually. I don't remember. No. It's been too long. We, we will do an episode on it. Anyways. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
it's 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 something. So there's this celebrity in video games a thing that has been going on quite a bit, I believe, like uh Detroit Become Human had that guy from Crazy Anatomy in there. Mm, I know yeah. sport games had actual celebrities in there, but those sport games are games about actual celebrity athletes so that makes sense they they are characters in that game that is a whole different thing i would argue but um yeah i don't know uh that's maybe something i want to get into sometime i don't know i i think that's not good i (laughs) i don't know i think we have some very talented actors already within video games we don't need movie tv people in video games i i it adds nothing for me and i kind of like keanu reeves i think he's okay (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, that sadly we don't really have anything uh, that we are that excited for not a lot of people released a lot of interesting stuff uh, during the game awards in my opinion a lot of things there was a lot of sci-fi uh, mm. a lot of sci-fi shooters that kind of looked Fortnite adjacent not in the better royale type of way <laughs> but in the aesthetic type of way oh uh. and that's not something i find very interesting um the gameplay can still be fun i mean it's but, it's you know it, i think given some of the other stuff you mentioned before we started recording um about you know the triple a titles looking all the same um i i don't particularly care for that kind of Fortnite look style but it's not that triple A photorealistic schmidt shtick. So, well, it feels like we're moving too far the other side then with oh, like yeah. three or four different games looking like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, well, <laughs> it sucks. And yeah, there are a couple of interesting things there. Um, if you'll allow me a brief parenthesis, uh, it's interesting. How, eventually, you might make something about this, although we'd need someone else. Uh, like following aesthetic trends in video games. Because uh, oh, yeah. remember Borderlands and everything being cel-shaded for a bit? Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's it's weird. And now you we know we're, we're getting this weird or annoying photorealistic thingy of all AAA looking the same, which is not really surprising, but it's eh, eh. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, we... We've been chasing this photorealistic for a while. Um, there are multiple reasons why, I would argue. Mm-hmm. The main reason, in my opinion, of course, is because investors understand photorealism. Because, oh, look, because <laughs> they don't play video games, but they do oh, understand, yeah. oh, this looks good. This is just like real life. Oh, my God. I remember <laughs> playing, like, I don't know, uh, NHL 2005 or something. That's the ice hockey game, for those who don't know. In front of my grandpa, who uh, my uh, my biological father's grandpa, who was um, once again uh, very big in Dutch ice hockey, which was only a thing right after World War Two. Wow! <laughs> but okay. uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, it was. We don't really have a national team anymore, I believe. But that's not uh-huh. even there. It, uh, yeah, because there was a lot of Canadian uh, people uh, liberating the Netherlands um, during huh. World War Two, and they and we have uh, we had a lot of we were we were big on ice skating. Because back in the day, before global warming, um, the uh, the rivers all froze. Mm. So you could actually skate from village to village nice. through the canals and rivers. Um, and we don't do that anymore because of global warming. Uh. But <laughs> but we're still very big on ice skating. It's, it's a deeply ingrained into the uh, sports profile psyche of the Netherlands. Uh, we, once again 
couple world records. N- never mind. Nobody cares about ice skating. So, <laughs> the Dutch do. Canadians also. Yeah, well, the Dutch do and the Canadians. So, and we do care about land hockey. So it was a very interesting uh, little thing that happened there. Um, and uh, anyway, so <laughs> I played that NHL game, and <laughs> that's like, you know, back in the day from two, PlayStation Two graphics that uh, consisted out of five polygons on a face <laughs> and my grandpa going, well, that's just like real life. And I was like, grandpa, <laughs> okay. So that's, that, I do find that psychological reality of people also going back to video games and looking like, oh, I remember this looking beautiful in my mind eye. And now it looks like shit, actually. How, and like I do, um, I'm very interested in the psychological reality of gamers even though that's both outside Frank's <laughs> and my wheelhouse, it is something that I also want to spend some time on like, this year. So, you know, moving on. I'm so sorry for that. Uh, but that's a little history lesson. Um, We've learned ahead, something you... today, you and I listen. Yeah, you are, by listening to this, you are slightly better at trivia than you were before. So you're welcome. Uh, it's a buck. <laughs> if, if nothing else, really. But um, yeah, so that being said, kind of have to get into... Um, Ah, let's do the the mean bit first, and then we have a little comedy section to to we do. section off the episode. So mainly me, but I think Frank as well. Feel free to grab me, Frank. Probably. We are slightly worried. Um, there are a couple of things going on, and I'll try to navigate these as quickly as I can, dear listener. I'm so sorry, but 2023 was the year for me that I became quite disillusioned with PC gaming. I spent, <laughs> and have, I just did yet again in December, spent multiple pretty pennies on my uh, PC gaming, <laughs> uh, on my PC rig, or whatever the right word is. I don't know. I don't care. I don't like PC gaming culture. I think it's very obnoxious. It is. Um, but I do like PC gaming because mods. Exactly. Once again, mod, mod mansion thing. But it's, um, <laughs> I don't know. There's a couple other segments that I will get into another time, but I, I don't know. I like PC uh, gaming because, once again, it has the biggest supply of indie games and so forth and so on. Yeah. So a couple other elements to it as well. Um, on game procurement, we, will, we won't get into it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm totally legal. Don't worry about it. And I don't know. I find this very... <laughs> there's, there's so many advantages to it still, yeah. I would argue. But I became quite disillusioned with a the <laughs> the outright predatory pricing model for pieces in your uh, PC in your PC. How lovely! Yeah, from GPUs to CPUs to whatever the fucks, and <laughs> and with uh, this planned obsolescence that has been plaguing every single electronic product. Uh, this is just so atrocious. Um, <laughs> EU law tried to pass some things against that, but it's really hard to prove and establish electronic uh, plant obsolescence because, once again, you could also say, oh, well, there's global inflation. I had to ch- switch to cheaper products. Whoops. And, you know, that's that's it, it's a good incentive from the EU, um, but... Uh, <laughs> It's it's still a very slippery slope, and I'm quite uh, quite annoyed by it. Uh, I remember when the EU said that Apple should use USB-C, and now Apple has like, well, you have to buy the Apple USB-C, otherwise it won't charge properly. And I was like, go fuck yourself, Apple. <laughs> it's, oh, fuck those people. Anyway, sorry, moving on. So I became quite disillusioned with it because, once again, uh, back, back in my day, uh, we used to have bad... Uh, PC ports to console 
and it would run poorly on console. Uh, now it's the other way around. It's like quite severely. And there are multiple reasons for this. I don't really want to get into it. It's not very interesting. Uh, otherwise, this episode will be too long. I'm so sorry, to listener. <laughs> and this has been like uh, like a game I was looking forward to was Shadow Survivor, for instance. Star Wars Shadow Survivor. Yeah. And even on like high-end PCs, that game still ran atrociously. I, with my naive fucking mind, thought like, by now they patched the fuck out of it, hopefully. And they did it. I did reinstalled it on my new PC and it still ran like terrible at some so many points. It runs slightly better. <laughs> Certain planets are locked at 60 frames per second. That's how they solve that. <laughs> Th- that doesn't work because sometimes the, the frames go below 60. So that just fucks with the game something fierce. Uh, anyway, we don't get, we don't have time to get into it, but uh, it's once again, I might we might talk a little bit about bad games as well and how and the different sort of bad games. Yeah, like from Gollum to Jedi Survivor, these are not identical bad games, and I would love to <laughs> then very hypocritically. Um, infantilize that a little bit like <laughs> what are the different experiences of uh, bad video games like what what is badness and how do we approach it I feel and like the also bad the... is clearer to inventorize though so uh, not necessarily that hypocritical of you I know I'm smoking fun <laughs> but I I also think the out, the social media outrage machine is very interesting Yeah, and once again this is diving into psychological territory which neither Frank and I are very qualified um, Quite. at, necessarily. But we are very responsible, I'd like to think. And hey, dear listener, if if you are qualified in it and find our analytics bothersome, go tell us. Educate us. Come on the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we, we By would all love means. To, uh, yeah. <laughs> or refer to us, uh, re- refer us to somebody that does know or some sources or whatever. Once again. I cannot express how sincerely and open-minded we are going into this. And we would not do it if not <laughs> so many social media people, podcasters, whatever, are just talking about whatever they like without having any kind of expertise whatsoever. So I, if you want to criticize us, criticize all those other people first, and then you can, then you, then you can talk shit about us. Go ahead. We'll wait. <laughs> And I, I feel great, great frustration about that. And so that's something we're going to get into. Yeah. That being said, there's another problem with video games being made nowadays. A lot of people are compa- complaining about costs. And I tried to do some research on this. Like, oh, it's mm. so expensive. It's so expensive. And there are two things I want to quickly talk about. They're so expensive because, uh, <laughs> you know what? I will just say what I found a guy saying. Mm. Uh, this this uh, this person that gets a pretty penny from Patreon and reports on gaming stuff. Um, they <laughs> they thought uh, Hogwarts Legacy should be nominated for Game of the Year. Uh, so fuck that person. Quite. <laughs> they said like, yeah, there should just be more money in. Um, for made available for budgets and they're like yeah we all hope that ceos will take pay cuts but that's never going to happen like what <laughs> unions start a union for fuck's sake so yeah anyway um <laughs> i lost my mind at that lost a grown man lost his marbles at a 
and a young person t- talking online about these things and just accepting that CEOs won't take pay cuts. Unionize. Go ahead. That's how you do it. I hope we'll see some uh, unionization in the gaming industry very fucking quickly. We need that to offset the rapid monopolization of big companies. Um, yeah, let's see, let's get a sec after a leg strike for video games. I'm all. I hope that's what we'll see in video game industry this year, in media industry this yeah, year. Yeah, that'd be great, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Not a specific game. Uh, that's that's how woke I am. No. <laughs> but, you want the industry but, to. To, to, yeah. to hit a brick wall in the for, in the shape of many unions. Well, only for games to then be good. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like a temporary Nobody wants wall. to work on a game that's shit. Of course. Uh, there are many like reports on people being like depressed about that. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, can you and imagine a... working on like a, a AAA game, which you're working on, you're having to work on? It's going to be terrible. You know it's unfinished. You know it's not good. And uh, yet you, you're still having to do that. That is... Uh, to to the best of his work, uh, a quite good definition of a bullshit job. You're trying to polish a turd, which is not given the resource, the time, or the attention to be to be not a turd. So uh, read bullshit jobs as well. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, good book. May May his memory be a blessing. I understand the more legit concern of video game engines, which have had a turbulent year last year, and I think we'll have a more turbulent year going forward. Because uh, Unreal Engine is becoming the only viable gaming engine for AAA games. Um, Mm. (laughs) There are horror stories about uh, the Crytek engine, Cryo engine. (laughs) It's the engine that EA uh, launches their games in. Oh. it, once again, it does wonders for Battlefield that runs somewhat stable. But then they were like, Dragon Age Inquisition, make your game in the Battlefield fucking engine. <laughs> and they were like, how do you do a RPG, a big map RPG in the fucking Battlefield engine? They're like, fuck you, figure it out. Uh, yeah, oh, this will also be the year that we are going to close the book on Bioware, I'm very sad to say. Yeah. But we'll give Dragon Age Inquisition a proper send off, and no, we're not, we're not going to talk about Andromeda. You don't want us to talk about Andromeda. No one There's wants to talk there. about Andromeda. <laughs> this, I'll mention it. Maybe. Um, there you go. We have. So yeah. So this this engine that's a real problem, and that's something that can drive up cost production quite a bit. That I will acknowledge. Once again, I think this is quite easily offset by not making CEO and shareholders. Giving them millions and millions of dollars, <laughs> like every like every capitalist enterprise nowadays, from banks to video game companies to publishers to it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, you you know where we stand on these things, dear listener. So I will just move on. But yeah, there was this this interesting problem for Cyberpunk two thousand seventy seven, who wanted to hire more people to work on it but couldn't because they used the Red Engine, which is the CD Projekt Red's in-house engine as well. So it's like their cryo, crytech, whatever, equivalents of uh, CD Projekt. Nobody wanted to learn that engine just to work there. So they have also been switching to Unreal Engine and are probably going to like do the next project in Unreal Engine. And Unreal Engine is great, but I don't know what their, uh, how, to, how those negotiations go with the company that owns that. I believe it's yeah. Epic Games, like Tencent owns that as well, mm. um, which is interesting. <laughs> anyway, 
maybe we'll do an episode on that. Or as, as, if if you they listen, if you know anybody that's very technically into video games, we would love to pick their brain on stuff. Get as in well. touch. Yeah, honestly, um, even if it's a very limited experience, I I would love to spitball about these things. And well, anyway, that's that's going to section off the thing there. I'm so sorry for rambling on, but I do find that very interesting, and that's a problem. The whole engine thing, I think. And we're going to see more problems about that the coming year. Probably. Um, it's not going to get a lot of media attention because gamers don't understand how video games are made. Uh, yeah. Pretty sure they think it's just like, I don't know, like slapping Excel documents together until they generate like a spark that ignites the video game. <laughs> and that's how video games are made. Or they're delivered by uh, herons but it, with babies or something. You know, remember, remember that? <laughs> babies being delivered by birds. Um, of course, I think that's how they think video games are made. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you tell the bird, just make the game good, and then the game's good. That's how that works. Um, but moving but the on, the bird is taught is taught Howard in this instance. Definitely. <laughs> so, I just want to say the last thing here, and that's that I'm incredibly worried about the increasing announcement of projects that are, quote unquote, games as a service. Oh yeah. Um, I must admit, I'm sure there are some differences here and there. To me, they just sound like MMOs. <laughs> um, MMOs with more distinct playstyles. Yeah. I, I, I guess I could argue that I'm not necessarily against games as a service model, but for ex- for example, they wanted to do the new Dragon Age uh, game in as game as a service. Yeah. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, it doesn't work, like Bioware. By the way, it doesn't pay <laughs> off. It hasn't paid off to any company to do that yet. So you know. Yeah, and Bioware has been trying, or EA has been telling Bioware. I don't know, but Bioware games have been trying to make an online element successful. Yeah, with uh, with literally making the online element in Mass Effect Three configure into the ending, with galactic readiness. Oh, uh, yeah. That's terrible. Uh, yeah, you have to play online, otherwise you don't get a good ending, or the, the best ending, I that's should say. True. That's true. That, that was patched out uh, many years later, but yeah, I, I read about that when I was Googling stuff. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, okay. Anyway, so they've been trying to do that. They've been trying, uh, giving free DLC to Dragon Age on- online, or Dragon Age Inquisition online, which nobody played. <laughs> Not a single person. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, just know your fan base. And then they try to do Anthem, and that's very well documented. So right. moving on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very worried about games as a service because these people are going into it as well with deeply uh, predatory monetization models. With uh, And it's like such a death to what otherwise could have been a very interesting avenue for video games. Yeah. Like, just they're all, one, they're all pointing... <laughs> It's like that. It's like that meme with the uh, drawn faces, the black and white faces, pointing like, uh, disgruntledly pointing at uh Fortnite. Like, oh, we want Fortnite. The investor goes, we want that. We want that. And <laughs> they're like, well, you don't have to do a better royale, but you do have to do games as a service. And yeah, I I don't know. Um, does anyone want that Suicide game, Suicide Squad game? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I that has also been in development forever. Oh, there's Skull and Bones. Uh, <laughs> there's yeah, Ubisoft Skull and Bones, yeah. which will not come out this year. Oh, that oh my we we might as a treat do 
just I will try and collect all the reporting on Skull and Bones. <laughs> just just to like because that game has never mind, never mind. We don't have time for this. <laughs> um my point is I'm very worried about games as a service. I think this will Oh, this will set us back quite a bit. Um and there's also been a, a group of people a group of developers saying like, oh, people have unreasonable expectations. And I'm like, my <laughs> my sibling in Abraham, you you were the ones feeding these these gamers for the last the last decade. You were the ones that set these unreasonable expectations because you wanted the money and media attention. You wanted the revenue that you have gotten. And now you're like, oh, I don't want to produce <laughs> at this level anymore. You were the one that, lit, that, that hit the green button on this, the green light or whatever the fuck. It's it's talk about so, reaping what you sow. Yeah, so I don't know. It's I don't read a lot about it because I don't I don't care for these kind of games. I never will. I tried Destiny One for a bit. I was like, this is not good, <laughs> uh, and I have no friends that play this, so I'm just not going to play this. And there you go. That's the only games as a service I've ever tried. Um, yeah. Just make MMOs. Just make MMOs. For fuck's sake, they generally work. Look, like how, like hell. Look at Final Fantasy XIV, which wasn't working and then is working now quite a bit. Well, that's the thing, right? Like they want MMOs, but they don't want to create a whole big map an MMO has. So they literally looked at an MMO, the most boring type of video game there used to be, and was then like, you know what? But you know what MMOs needs? To be piecemealed and sold off as sections. <laughs> and then still have a subscription service. Right. So, the, Galaxy Brain Take Investors, uh, I'm sure that will go so well for you. You won't lose millions of dollars. Yeah. Like, they, Marvel's Avengers tried to do this, remember Oh, that? yeah, they did. They did. That's, that's the Avengers, Frank. That's like one of the most profitable media, uh, merchandising uh, properties ever so how the fuck did that fail because nobody likes games as a service people can put up with it but nobody fucking likes it like <laughs> oh christ anyway uh happy happy bankruptcy there you go. <laughs> it is it is the ongoing continuity of the death of triple a gaming or it's long slow demise because like it, it didn't necessarily need to be this terrible, this horrible to all the people involved, especially you know the people who work for these companies. But uh, it looks like it is, and it, it continues to insist upon these trends and these things, which are blatantly not going to work uh, because investors are idiots. I think that's the broad trend, uh, generally speaking. But yeah, it's just. Um, I mean, I, 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 the thing that keeps me hooked on gaming and keeps me coming back is the weird stuff. It's the indie games. It's a game like Chance of Senar, which I played straight on for two days and finished in two days, 100% it in like nine hours. And it was wonderful. Like such a great game. Like one of my favorites last year. And uh, it's small indie game, specific uh, visual style, specific mechanics. It does what it's trying to do well. And it's a small game. And, you know, like AAA games or AAA companies could do these types of games, could, you know, actually be decent enough developers or publishers and help these kind of things happen. There, there are better publishers than others. Uh, look at, like, Devolver Digital, which actually publishes a lot of smaller, weirder stuff. It's kind of what they do, and it works for them in a much more interesting, 
and you know uh favorable light than trying to keep on pushing fucking games as a service which no one likes no one wants this other than fucking investors so you know it's um indie games are the stuff that keeps me hopeful for gaming generally that's that that's that's my silver lining on on all this tragedy <laughs> yeah well look at who has been pushing the envelope on interesting gaming concepts and interesting visuals within gaming it it has been staggeringly these what i would like to call high-end indie games exactly like they are not indie indie they have a bit more budget and so forth and so on but like you know these games have been like uh like any from high-end indie to double a quote-unquote type games have been pushing the envelope so much better than especially like other smaller studios like very little big game studios have released interesting games in the last couple of years i would argue the only exception would be a couple of sony studios like last of us and god of war i would say those are big profile games that have had a lasting impact on video games mm -hmm. uh, more about that as well this year about <laughs> the psychological and the sociological but that's not a there so yeah i once again i agree wholeheartedly with what frank said and the only way I see forward to counteract this is strong, immediate wave of unionization within the gaming industry. Um, sorry for the game-heavy episode, but that's uh, there you go. That's uh, <laughs> that's all I had to say about that. And the only way I see forward, um, I try to very casually toss up some solutions instead of just complaining. Or when I complain, rather, I try to also say like, "Well, this way, this is the way forward." Maybe question mark. Uh, so yeah, there you go. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to uh, add. Um, I think on that, like we've we've kind of made clear like our sentiments on this thing and why. I don't know our our concerns, our fears, our our worries, and you know the things we like about this. Like we're, we're talking about like why this is terrible, and it's like yeah, because you can do better. Like there are obvious examples. This year was perfect for it, of like. Horrific games that's like, you know, rushed, poorly treated, etc., etc. And, you know, we saw what we saw. And then were other games, like, we don't need to talk about Baldur's Gate 3. We can talk about much smaller games or much more focused games. We can talk about Armor Core 6, which, you know, do what they do to a T in perfection. So, you know, it's none of this is impossible. It's basically um, <laughs> capitalism. That's that's the bottom line. It's capitalism in the gaming industry. This is how it's functioning. This is how it behaves. And these are the harms that it's causing. I know that this podcast is, at, in many points in time, has been this Scooby-Doo villain relationship with, with capitalism. <laughs> with us pulling the head off the villain. Oh, it's capitalism. I know. I'm sorry if that's annoying, but... It, it's true. I'm not going to... Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna like. <laughs> they know what they signed up to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, uh, thank you for putting up with that, and uh, thank you for the solidarity. Even in, in nothing else than uh, listening to us, I suppose. Yeah, no, so, definitely. Thank shout out. Thank to you for you. coming. Keep coming. Keeping coming back over all these nearly five years. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So. Um, a bit of fun. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So another big thing in video games as well 
and it might not necessarily depending on how it's utilized and it can only be utilized through a union structure i would argue but an interesting thing in video games is the use of generative models yes what is amateurishly called ai and i'm going to call it ai going forward even though a part of my soul dies because i'm <laughs> that kind of obnoxious nerd I'm so leon's sorry. always been about this in, in terms of talking about generative <laughs> models this isn't new so just so you're aware <laughs> yeah, well, it came out, I believe, uh, in the Harari uh, Homo Deus episode. I mean, but you've been talking about this before the oh, yeah. most recent boom. So, like, this is this is a new, that's the context. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been aware of this for quite a bit, but it's not here or there. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't like patting myself on the back for that. So, these learning, deep learning models, uh, or language models, are like, once again, uh, there are a couple of other terms that I like a lot better. Uh, they can be useful for... Uh, to make games run better to once again to have predictive models filling in certain textures can be very helpful and up to a point we have already had this right with um, No Man's Sky with procedurally generated planets yeah. this is this is fundamentally uh, not indistinguishable but has a high has a very uh, uh, s- s- barely separated fan diagram with each other <laughs> so there you go but i i uh as we all know i've studied politics for a little bit and i thought we could like <laughs> since we're talking about the future the future of everything and capitalism and all that i <laughs> i try to go toe to toe with uh, i don't make future predictions about politics um because you're a good human being <laughs> yeah <laughs> also that um that's like that's like five degrees of separation uh from like writing being angry and writing books about identity politics <laughs> uh, <laughs> go listen to his books could kill please <laughs> they, do they, they, they articulate it that way better than i um but anyway so <laughs> i asked like hey okay so what what's going to happen in europe because i'm a european uh what ha- what happened in europe from 2000 uh what's going to happen in europe from 2025 up to 2000 70 and this is a bit out of left field i know uh because it's the left page no, kidding. but it's a bit out of left field but i thought this would be uh very funny and frank doesn't know the uh the things the ai has produced i will interject uh, before you you do go on uh in saying that i do believe that you know these learning tools and whatnot they're very good at the this kind of funny stuff they have s- some actual uses video games have been using them for quite a while uh, that, that'll probably come up at some point later in the year. But uh, for making this kind of weird, horrifying, silly stuff, I'm all in, baby. Uh, we are not using this as a way to enhance our podcast. We are using <laughs> it to deliberately make fun of the shit quality oh, yeah. of anything not utterly mechanical um, <laughs> and to dissuade like these fears that we have of AI other than oh, yeah. those, those are what, is, uh, what is already a very elaborately fear for capitalism. Because we don't need to fear anything that you fear about AI, should just you be fearing capitalism? Yes, yes, <laughs> and automation and so forth and so on. <laughs> anyway, so according to AI, oh boy, once again, this is the European political future according to AI. So Frank doesn't know these uh, <laughs> what what is what has been produced by this monstrosity. Uh, and we're just gonna like very quickly go through them, uh, just just for fun, oh just boy. for fun. Oh boy! Because uh, the future, the future, <clears throat> two thousand twenty-five, 
the Russian-Ukrainian war ends with Ukraine losing 10% of its territory. Okay. I'm going to say somewhat plausible. Quite. Um, not, not the most absurd thing one could say. <laughs> yeah, well, we will get there. Don't worry. Oh, boy. 2028. Ukraine, Bosnia, Montenegro, and Moldova join the EU. Oh. <laughs> Ukraine joins the EU in 28. Oh. I'm sure that will go. Right. Yeah, that, that's going to happen. It's, it's so... <laughs> it's it's really funny to see this very well we will see as we go on with these things um we, there's a very deep focus on eu mm. and eu is barely holding together it's by itself yeah. let alone other any other countries um we will we will go on for now but i will i'll we will get to talk about that a little bit more <laughs> as we as we go on so you know 2030 Political crisis in Russia, the beginning of the collapse of the Russian Federation. Oh no! D- just political crisis. Yeah, just why? <laughs> just political crisis. Uh, sure. Of course. <laughs> There's a lot I can say about this, but I'm not gonna. Uh, Big yikes! Big fucking well, yikes! It's 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 something. Um, yeah. Uh, if. I will say this is still not the worst things we're gonna see. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I don't doubt that. I, I guess you could be skeptical about Russia's future if Putin died immediately or something. Let's just say that. So, once again, very, very much pro EU anti Russia sentiment here. Yeah. Which is which? Some of you can have, but um, <laughs> well. <laughs> To just generate these predictions blatantly is also just deeply, to me, as someone who approaches um, polit- politics a little bit more seriously. It shows very clearly the training data the AI uses. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for being for <laughs> for being more concise than me. My, <laughs> my apologies. 2033. Belarus becomes democratic country. Not a democratic country. Becomes democratic country. <laughs> the democratic country. Be- and begins process to join the EU. Oh, there God. you go. Yeah. Oh, boy. That, that's... That, the, oh, God. <laughs> the fucking bias. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Once again... It's a country where something might happen in the future. Um, drug. Oh, never mind. Uh, if you want me to talk about these kind of political things, you can... Uh, Feel free to let, let us know if you'd like. Yeah, <laughs> we can we can talk about that. Um, but uh, I'm not going to right now because it feels a bit uh, it feels a bit bloodthirsty. I don't I don't really like that. Uh, that's also a thing, right? Like <laughs> uh, the bloodthirstiness of this all. Anyway, uh, the most likable one, 2035, Georgia joins the EU. <laughs> uh, they they actually like. Uh, trying to uh, uh, apply to, for that, and Georgia is, you know, as far as uh, I can tell, has a populace that's very eager to do that, mm. and uh, it might want to because it's trying to invest in its tourism. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not here or there. Mm. Um, but that would be EU extending its uh, borders across the Caucasus, across the uh, Black Sea. So you know, interesting. Another EU close enough border with. 
Russia. So that's you know. Well, you say that, but Russia something. does not exist anymore in this weird timeline. Oh, <laughs> right, my bad. It's already uh, yeah. It's all coming apart. I've, I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> another also in the year 2035, the Netherlands becomes the most prosperous country in Europe. <laughs> per- periods. Um, How do you feel about that, my Dutch friend? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was tracking my IP address and is trying to sell me on this. <laughs> Why does Netherlands become the most <laughs> prosperous country in Europe? I, I don't know. Uh, we are experiencing very divided population. We are gonna like we just this is right before our elections as well, and we just elected a populist country that is anti-EU, so a populist uh, party that's anti-EU. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I doubt it severely. Um, there are a bunch of once again we've talked about this about this a little bit before, but there are a bunch of European or Dutch companies that uh, function on a very broad international level, but it doesn't make us a proper prosperous country. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, moving on. Two thousand thirty-eight. Slovenia is experiencing rapid economic growth and is becoming one of the richest countries in Europe. Why? <laughs> Fuck you. Give me a reason at um, least. Give me a good story. Not even that. For the <laughs> for those who don't know, uh, Slovenia is right next to Austria and uh, Italy. It's like right there. It's the beginning of the region we could arguably call Balkan. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently they're doing well. <laughs> Shout out to them. Shrug. 2040. Lithuania is experiencing tremendous economic growth and overpasses Scandinavian country. A Scandinavian country? These overpasses Scandinavian countries. Oh, countries. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. Again, give me a better story. <laughs> give me a story, goddammit. <laughs> Lithuania? Like, okay, <laughs> sure. Once again, based on nothing, why not? <clears throat> Another positive upturn. 2040 as well. The Greek economy has fully recovered from the economic crisis and started to develop rapidly. Into what? I, <laughs> Into I don't know. What? I, 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 I mean, good for Greece, me. but again. Good, good for the Greeks. 2000, 2045. Scotland becomes independent. TikTok, come along Yay. enough. I don't know why. Why 45? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Scotland just becomes independent in, tw- in 21 years. Uh, I, I have nothing else to offer. This is literally all produced. I would love to get into it more, but it's not giving me anything to get into more. Exactly. <laughs> it's just giving so, you the most terrible fucking bias imaginable for European political relations. Yeah, I, I don't know. Five years later, 2050, Scotland joins the EU. <laughs> Why? Well, that okay, that's, that's plausible. Yeah. Uh, if they become independent. It's just not that possible to become independent. I hope so, but I don't think so. Now, uh, <laughs> here, here we get some interesting stuff as well. Oh, boy. Poland, Estonia, and Latvia overpass, overpasses hmm, Sweden and Finland in terms of development and becomes one of the richest countries in the world. Wow. Uh, the Polish economy might do well. They have a lot more people than Scandinavia. Not a lot of people live there. The Netherlands alone has more people than Scandinavia together. So nah, that doesn't you know, surprise me. I don't think that's true, actually. But but it's it's comparable. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise we me. Much we are much smaller. So you know, um, to you know, 
throw Poland in there is a bit weird. Um, but together now, it's Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, uh, the Baltic states that we have had uh, earlier on, they are going to do well. I don't know why they think that's the case. But there you go. Um, <laughs> that's our yeah, Oracle. I think it will do well. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's our Nostradamus there. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Being uh, actually, that's not fair. Nostradamus was way less cryptic. Than oh, this. yeah. Nostradamus actually <laughs> was more entertaining. Yes. Okay. Christ. 2055. Serbia occupies Kosovo. Damn. <laughs> Just yeah, Serbia said it again. I guess shrug. Yeah, that's that's literally it. Yep. There you go. That's just something that happens. Go fuck yourself. Tell me you can't possibly understand the Bosnian War without explicitly <laughs> telling me you don't understand the Bosnian War because you can't because you're not a person. Yeah. Fuck me. Anyway. Okay. This is where we uh, get into some the stuff that I kind of want to talk about no and why why we should immediately mistrust AI and hate it intensely. 2065, in Germany, 40% of the population is non-German, and this creates a lot of tension in society. Uh, it's right, Frank. Right, like, it's, I, I'm going to... It's doing... Yeah, it, it's doing the bad, terrible fucking scholarship about uh, why oh, no. World War II it, happened, but projecting it again. So it's replicating that terrible fucking scholarship. It's that, and it's literally doing great replacement theory. Yeah. Um, which is not a thing, which is just, I'm calling it a theory. It's not great replacement conspiracy. There we go. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's nonsense. It's, it's, it's literal white supremacist propaganda, nonsense, brainwashing bullshit. Exactly. It, it's replicating that in this, in the fact that predictive, the predictive thing is like, uh, I don't know, second thingy World War Two, but it's basically copying those trends or reasonings for it instead of, you know, at least copying the same reasons for, world, for proper reasons for World War II. It's, it's really funny because it's like, oh, AI can't be racist. And like, what data is it trained on? Data's fucking the racist, data, clearly. The data of racist. Well, there we go. What, what does the AI then make? Anyway, moving on. 2067, Romania expense, experiences rapid economic growth, becomes a European superpower. D- damn. Why? I don't know. But the Netherlands, Slovenia, and Romania are the three most important countries in Europe now. Wow. So... <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Why not? You know what? Why the fuck not? I'll take this over the weird fucking Germany. Oh, oh, oh don't worry, Frank. Oh, no. I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> 2075. In Sweden, more than half of the populations are non-Swedes. Great. It's doing the same for Sweden. Um, it's, it's doing it's doing the same for Sweden. Let us not forget that uh, Sweden played quite a big role in fascism. Um, so oh, yeah. yeah, let's let's not forget that part part of history which is not that well remembered. So that's my reminder it's, it's, to you. It's it's the same as Switzerland for those wondering, and they had a eugenics programs up until the late seventies. So yeah. you know, go figure. And finally, we're done, dear listener. I'm so sorry, but I just had to share this with Frank, and I thought I might as well record it. 2085. Ukraine reaches the EU average welfare level. Oh, no. <laughs> so not even doing well, just the average welfare level. There you go. Damn. That's like, fuck Ukraine. Uh, so I just want everyone to know that I asked for Europe 2025-2070 uh, and it gave me 2085. Yeah. So, you know, 
Clearly, thank you. Clearly, thank you. Eyes on the ball, right? Eyes on the ball. Where where the ball go? I don't know. Uh, if you know anything about social science or political science or whatever, you, I hope that got you reeling off your chair as I fucking cat. <laughs> I just need the therapeutic uh, experience here to talk about this a little bit with a friend. So, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't trust AI ever, please. Don't uh, and don't be worried about it. It's actually, it's really fucking stupid. You want you want to read something interesting and entertaining about AI, which is actually like what what is AI actually? A uh, read. Uh, it looks like a thing, and I love you. It's a very good book. I probably recommended it before. My mistake. You look like a thing, and I love you by Janelle Shane. Uh, it's from I... twenty nineteen. Couple of years ago, it's fantastic. It's fun. It's interesting. It's well researched, and actually points out like what is AI actually? You know, it's like none of this nonsense. Like, is it even AI? Not really. So you know, let's let's go into it. Uh, it's a very good book. I recommend it. And it's very much like, oh, so this is why AI is a problem because it's really fucking stupid, and people are trying to use it for these things where which clearly it's clearly not meant to do. And so on and so on. So thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank thank you for joining us for this new year that uh, has dawned upon us all, upon the library. Thank you so much for the support. Big things are coming. Uh, take care. Big things are coming. <laughs> big things are coming. Thank you so uh, much, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Take care. Take care.